This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Opportunity for you and I to be able to experience what I believe just will be something of the deeper reality of our identity in God. And in the next four weeks, actually another two weeks left, God's going to really help us to experience that. And I want to ask you this question. Um, do you see yourself as someone that is influential? Are you an influencer? You know, some of the youngsters are going to go, yes, yes, where's my phone? I'm an influencer, you know. But I, I recently was asked uh, this question by my, my 11-year-old. She came home from school one day and she said, Daddy, are you an influencer? So I was like, I don't know, why, why, why are you asking me that question? It's like, no, we were talking at school and, we, and, and I told my friends that you have videos, there's videos of you on on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram even, so that must make you an influencer. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, then maybe then I am an influencer. <laughs> but many of us, I don't think, necessarily see ourselves as influencers. And in this series I'm in, I want to ask you, are you in? Say, I'm in. I'm in. Are you in church this year? Are you in for what God wants to um, do in you and through you? And we're looking at four different uh, words that start with I-N, uh, I-N, I'm in. The first one is, uh, that we looked at last week, is that I'm invited. You and I are invited into God's family, and God wants to use us to invite others into His family. Today, I'm going to speak to us about the fact that you and I are influential. For God's glory, God wants to use you and I to bring others into His presence Next week, we're going to be looking at the fact that you and I are invested in God's church and how you and I can be intentionally, how we can unlock the, the floodgates of heaven over our lives uh, as we live lives of obedience that build God's church and show that we're invested in that. And then lastly, and the last week we're going to be look at, looking at is the fact that you and I are invaluable. I wonder, hey, you've got my slides up here. Thanks, media team. You guys are awesome. So you can see those little icons there. The, the, uh, the envelope invited, the light bulb, influential, the little hand with a seed growing out of it, invested, and the diamond, meaning that you and I are invaluable in terms of the, the, the contribution that we can make in God's kingdom. So for, today I'm speaking to us about the fact that you and I are influential for God's glory. And as we start off, I, I, I know that many of us don't believe that we are influential. Many of us don't believe that we make much of a difference, but I'm trusting that after today's message, you will know that you are salt and that you are light. You are someone that makes a difference and can bring a transformation and change in this world in an amazing and impactful way. And I'm opening, asking you to open your hearts. And we've got this key quote that we're going to be, I'm going to be saying it many, many times through uh, this message today, and it says the following. You have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, or one expression of love might change someone else's life. You don't know how one act of kindness, one moment to pause and, and drop the things that you're doing to listen, to give someone your attention, one moment where you can pray for someone or perhaps give to someone how that can impact and transform their lives, how that can influence them for the glory of God. And I asked you this question, if you, find, if you think, you're, if you see yourself as an influencer for a reason, 
Because I think in a society that we live in today, our, our view of an influencer is, is quite skewed. It's, it's very much in this social media space these days. I, I went and had a look, look at uh, just what the, the Google says. What is an influencer? And it says an influencer is an individual who has power to affect purchase decisions of others because of their authority, their knowledge, or their relationship with their audience. Wait a minute. An influencer is someone that affects people's purchase decisions? Is that really what an influencer is? You know, I, I think when I was growing up, and, and I, th I still think that true influencers are actually those school teachers that invested in that child and spoke living words into them. That coach that saw the potential and pushed the child to their next ability. That parent or grandparent that's been faithfully praying for and yielding and, and instilling values in their child. Some of us, you know, you've, you're an employer. You're an influencer there. You know, employers who have taken people in, seen the potential, and paved the way for someone to grow into much more than what they would be. And so today, I want to ask us, and I want to, I'm going to try and flip the switch, so to speak, in terms of our understanding of what an influencer is, and I'm trusting that you and I would be able to see ourselves that way. Now, for those of us that are followers of Jesus, and I know some of us today are, are not, you're still trying to figure this God thing out, and, and you're most welcome here today, and I'm trusting that as I share, you'll become to know Jesus, and I'm hope, hoping that at some point, you'll come to realize who he really is and what he's done for you and how you can have a relationship with him. But for those of us who are followers of Jesus, Jesus tells us who we are. He says this in, um, this is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. I'm going to read from the message, uh, paraphrasing. It says the following, Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness. You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Jesus is saying to you and I that we are salt. What does salt do? Salt preserves. Salt also changes and, and enhances the flavor of something. Salt brings purification and also helps things you know, last much longer. If you had to think of your own life, if you and I are salt in Jesus' terms, then we are supposed to permeate every part of our lives. Just like a, a piece of leaven would, you know, uh, a first piece of yeast gets built and worked into the loaf. And because of that, the, 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 the bread rises. If you ever baked a cake and you didn't have baking powder, it's a flatty. It's not a biggie, it's a flatty. And it's amazing that without those special ingredients... The world around us just isn't the same. We just don't get the full benefit of it. Jesus carries on to say that you and I are light. Maybe you can nudge the person next to you and first of all say to them, hey, on the right of you, say, hey, uh, you know, you're salty. Maybe, maybe you could do that. Now you, now you can nudge the person on the other side of you, your second choice. Say, you're shiny, hey, I can think you're shiny, hey. Now, as we, we look at this, Jesus doesn't just say that we are salt. He also says that we are light. And he continues to say this. Here's another way to put it. 
You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors of this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to put you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father. Friends, this is what it means to be influential in God's eyes. When we are followers of Jesus, God says that we shine our lights. And our shining doesn't just affect us. It affects the people around us. Your life has the ability to impact others and transform their destinies. Just like your destiny was once transformed through others. And I, I want to... I wanna, just change, I think often we think about influence starting with a platform, you know. If I have a platform, a place, influence, then I can make a difference. But actually, friends, true lasting influence actually starts with you and I understanding that it starts with people and then that leads to a platform. And if you've, you know, been involved in any social media type of realities and seen this, most guys that have made it, so to speak, on these platforms, all of them have, would say, we started off with a particular passion or a product, and I was passionate about that particular thing and reaching people, and as I reached people, my platform grew. And so having a platform online I don't think is a bad thing, but I, I want us to see that that's not the only space that you and I can bring about transformation and change. Now, if we had to look at some famous people that made a difference, that influenced the world, you know, that made some amazing things. Have, have you ever heard of a, a man called Billy Graham? Billy Graham was a, a famous American evangelist, and he traveled the world. Uh, God used him to reach many, many people. Um, I, I did some research, and it said, says that he preached the gospel to approximately 210 million people in his lifetime. And by the year 2008, his website, uh, you know, published these figures that say that they believe that approximately 3.2 million people put their faith in Jesus after hearing Billy preach. What an influencer. I mean, he was personal friends with presidents of, the, of America. He had a worldwide influence. But I want to ask you, who influenced Billy? You know, many, many of us would think of, of Billy Graham and, and think, okay, okay, well, if you do some research, it's like, oh, yes, well, at some point he got saved. And where he got saved actually was in the city of Charlotte, where Mark and Marie are based right now. And, and what happened is this man by the name of Mordecai Ham, he was a traveling evangelist, and they had asked for permission to put up their tent and do tent revival meetings on their farm. And uh, Billy's family agreed, but Billy wasn't really interested in, in God or anything like that. But Billy had a friend that none of us really know about. Nobody, there are no books written about him. He's not world famous. He didn't preach the gospel to, to, to 250 or 10 people, a million people. 
He didn't lead over 3 million people to the Lord. No, he was just a friend that saw a friend of his needing to encounter Jesus. And he brought him to this meeting. And his name was Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham was the evangelist. His friend was named Albert McMakin. A friend invited Billy Graham, and that was the catalyst that influenced all of what we saw. You and I have influence. Maybe I can bring it a little bit more closer to home. You know, if you think about City on a Hill Church, I mean, this room is full at the moment. Uh, there's still lots of space for many, many more people to come in. God has used this church to, to impact the nations. We've planted churches. We've seen God work in miraculous ways. The building we're sitting in, all of what we've seen has been an amazing thing. And God has given us influence as a church, not only in our city, but also in the nations of the world. But who influenced? Who's, who influenced? Who was involved with the starting and the growth of City on Hill? Many of you would say, well, that was Mark and Marie. Obviously, they came to plant the church. But if you looked a little bit deeper, actually, there were six people in the lounge, Mark and Marie, my mom and dad, and Baptist and Sean, in the lounge in Potchef's room, praying together and saying, Lord, could you plant a church that would impact a city? a region, and the nations of the world. And you'd be correct in saying that that was the ones that, they were the ones that, that influenced it, but I think many, many more influential in that. You know that this plot of land that we're on right now? There was a moment in time when two men, in their morning devotions, were praying and seeking God, and they heard the Holy Spirit give them a scripture that they felt compelled to share with Mark. They didn't know that that very morning, we as leaders were, were meeting together to ask the Lord for wisdom and insight whether or not we should purchase this 4.7 hectare piece of land. We're a two-year-old church. We don't have money. We don't have resources. We don't have standing, but we're feeling in God. We're sensing in God that God wants us to, to buy a piece of clocks of the city that we have chosen to put our roots down in. These two men were Machiel Beitendach and Seth Rossell. Their obedience and their devotion to Jesus gave us as a leadership team the confidence that God was in it because both of them got the same scripture and sent them to Mark. I'll, I'll, I'll go a little bit further, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. You know, someone that's sitting in this room right now by the name of Ben Pienaar is a school teacher faithfully working at the high school that he's been at for many, many years, utilizing his influence to impact the lives of students, many of whom have come to put their faith in Jesus, become part of this local church and other local churches and have been a blessing to our church. You and I should never underestimate how one act of obedience to what Jesus is saying can make a difference in the world around us. I'll, I'll tell you another story. There's a couple by the name of Devilt and Madeleine. Devilt and Madeleine were far from God. And back in 2015, we were trusting the Lord to see many, many people saved. We still continue to, to trust the Lord to see many people. But that particular year, we trusted the Lord to baptize 100 people in one year. And this couple came broken. Addictions. A broken and failed marriage. Divorce papers signed. 
end of the road, they encounter Jesus and they begin to invite all of their friends that are involved in the same things and have a similar life story. I'm very hungry today, it seems. All of those realities that they were faced with, but they chose to invite people. And we started seeing person after person after person come to know Jesus. Their lives transformed. Many of you sitting here today came as a result of that invitation by that couple. Friends, these are ordinary people that were used by God so that we could see God do extraordinary things. Because at the end of that year, we baptized 106 people in one year. God is amazing. You and I shouldn't underestimate what God has placed within us. Many of you are saying, but Gareth, I'm just, a, I'm just someone that works. You know, years ago, Ronke, one of our pastors, who he used to work as a, as a sales rep. And he had to travel through the entire Northwest for this company he worked with. He put more than 10,000 kilometers on his car every single month. His car went for a service every month. Imagine having to pay for that. And as Ronka was faithfully serving these clients, having a good reputation, someone who could be trusted, someone who could be salt and light in his workplace, when God called him into full-time ministry and, and being a part of our church staff and team, God tasked him with project managing this building project that you see here. And you know, friends, all of those connections Ronka made, all of those clients he served, many of those people were impacted and inspired and became a part of this project. Many of them said, listen, I've got this expertise. Oh, oh you, need, you need something. I've got this. You need a forklift. You need a crane. You need implements. You need irrigation. You need it. All of these realities came off the back of someone that was faithful with the influence God gave them. You and I should never underestimate that obedience to Jesus gives you and me influence beyond what we could ever see. Now, influence isn't always instant. And it isn't always obvious, friends. And I want to encourage us that just because you and I can't see the harvest doesn't mean that God isn't bringing growth. Years ago, people sowed. You and I are walking in their obedience today. Years ago, people invested, prayed for, loved on, invited, gave. You and I are standing on the shoulders of giants for us. And they might not seem that amazing. I want to, again, just remind us of this, this statement that you and I have no idea how one word of encouragement, one you know, one conversation, one expression of love might change someone's life. I'd love to tell you about a story about a woman in the Bible that didn't have much standing in this world. Not a lot of influence, you would say. You see, Jesus was traveling, and as he was traveling and ministering and preaching the gospel to people, the kingdom of God had come. He made his way to the city of Samaria. Now, for those of you that don't know, for Jews and Samaritans, the Samaritans were a half-caste. They were Gentile and Jew mixed. And pure Jews would never associate with 
Jewish Samaritans at all. In, in fact, they saw them as less than human and actually worse than dogs. So what the Jews would do if they had to get to the other side of Samaria, they would go around it. They wouldn't go through the city. But Jesus chooses to go through the city, and he finds himself at one of the wells outside the city. This is like midday. Uh, for us, it's, it, some translations say it's the sixth hour, so it's the middle of the day. That's not really the time when people would come to draw water. And so the disciples go into the city to get some food. They're always hungry. Have you noticed that in the, the New Testament? You know, with the fast, you're not, a, you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. But the disciples go in, and Jesus encounters this woman who is coming at a very odd time of the day, and he asks her for a drink. He says, please give me a drink. And then, this is in John chapter 4, reading from verse 9. It says, the woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? I think that was kind of her tone. Jesus replied, if you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I will give you living water. Now this woman is intrigued, but she's also a bit confused. I mean, Jesus is speaking to her, he's not supposed to, and now he's speaking not about physical water, but living water. And she is starting to investigate. And I, I want you to see Jesus' interactions. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is something that you can see in your own life as a way in which Jesus, um, you know, that you can actually influence others, starting up a conversation and then allowing your saltiness to make people thirsty. She says to Jesus, well, I mean, where are you going to get this water? You don't have a bucket. You don't have any means. And Jesus says to her, um, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. You and I need to see that Jesus is the only one that satisfies. We sang this just in our last song, that this, Jesus is the only one that can really fulfill our deepest needs. Those of us that are fasting at the moment know that you, you, need, that, you need that water in order to keep you going. And for this woman, she begins to sort of push in and, and, and trying to prod at and figure out who is to her the following. He says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you are right. You don't have a husband, for you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. This is where the penny begins to drop for her. But sir, she said, you must be a prophet. You know, have you ever been in those conversations with someone where someone kind of reads your mail? Jesus is, is utilizing the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be able to just take the conversation a little bit further beyond just like, I'm thirsty and let me help you. What's your need? But actually, what's the deeper issue that you need? She was speaking about water. He's wanting to get to the heart of the matter. And can I encourage us that we would allow the Holy Spirit to give us insight into those moments in people's lives because God's able to show that to us and Jesus is wanting to to actually show this woman that he's not just a prophet but that he's actually the son of the living God the Messiah that's been long awaited 
And so what you and I need to see is that this woman obviously isn't a very good standing. The fact that she comes at midday tell us, tells us that that's not a very good, day, good time. They, women would come in the morning to draw their water. It also shows us that by giving her, just looking at her circumstances, having been married for five times. Now, we don't know if she was divorced five times. It could be that, you know, in, the, in those days the customs were if your husband dies, you marry the brother and then the brother and then the brother and then the brother as they pass off. That could have been the case for her. But the fact of the matter is she's not living in the best circumstances possible. But in that moment, because she encounters the love of Christ, because Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is able to pierce into her heart and speak into the deeper realities of what she really needs, her life gets flipped around and she becomes a powerful witness, a powerful influencer for God's kingdom. You see, in verse 28, it says, The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village, telling everyone, Come and see a, a man who told me everything I did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. See, friends, someone whose life was not all together was used by God to bring an entire village to hear Jesus. And I don't want you to hear, ever think. I know sometimes we look at these, you know, people on the TV and they're doing street evangelism and it's power and they're doing all sorts of amazing miracles and we look at them and go, yes, if I could only be like that, but I'll never be able to measure up because, you know, I have a nine-to-five job, I've got children, I've got responsibilities, I'm paying bonds and I'm sorting things out. How am I ever going to be able to count for God? Or maybe your life is not all together and you at the moment are like this woman living with someone that you're not married with. Can I encourage you? Let's help you fix that. Perhaps you are experiencing financial troubles right now, or your relationships have broken down. God is stepping into your situation, and he's asking you, do you want living water? Do you want to be used by me to invite others into my kingdom? See, the disciples come back, and they, they're again you know, consumed with food because they come to Jesus and said, like, Jesus, have you eaten? Jesus is like, no, I'm full. I'm, I don't need to eat. And they're like, Jesus, what's up with this? Jesus says to them, well, my food is to do the will of my Father. And as he's speaking to them, this multitude from the city begin to come into view. And Jesus says these words. He says, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Maybe a different way of saying it today is that the harvest, the people that God wants to reach are many, but the influencers are few. Can you and I be influencers for God's kingdom. Because we see in response to this woman's testimony, her going around and telling everybody, listen, I think I have found the Messiah. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because of what the woman said. And he told, uh, he, uh, well, uh, because of what the woman said, he told me everything I did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many more to hear the message and believe. Friends, if you are far from God today, and you're feeling like God is calling you into his kingdom, I want you to understand, to be like these people. To say, Jesus, don't just pass me by, I heard the kingdom's message and go, no, Lord, come and make your home in my life. 
Fill me with your spirit, Lord, that I may know you and be empowered by you that many others would be impacted. You and I have no idea what God can do through broken, ordinary people and transform their lives. Now, as we come into this coming week, I want to ask you, maybe you can think of some opportunities or ways in which you can be an influencer. Just this week, I stopped by the fuel station. I went into the, the, the quick shop, um, and I noticed that the cashier had a mug on the counter, and he had just taken a sip. And I, I could just glance over, and I could see there was a, a yellow liquid inside. So he's not drinking tea or coffee. Most of you know what, 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 he, what he was having. Some of you would know. He's having made lemon, man. <laughs> He was having a made lemon. Why? Because he was struggling with the flu. But because I noticed the cup, I could ask him, Are you having a, do you have a cold right now? Have you got some flu? Yes, I'm struggling at the moment. Wow, can I pray with you? And he was so open, so willing to receive. Friends, there are moments in our lives where God will show you someone that's hurting, someone that's distancing themselves, that colleague at work that you know, they're carrying baggage, and all you need to do it's just observe and ask, Lord Jesus, what can I ask? What question can I say that will draw them out to share with me what they are going through? I remember I used to do this because I, I don't go to restaurants that much anymore, but I used to do this when I would have a meal um, as an introvert, my lonely time, you know, go have a bit of a breakfast by myself. Introverts in the house, you all know what I'm talking about. The extroverts are going, it's crazy. But I would have this meal, and while I'm sitting there, I would ask the Lord, isn't there someone in this restaurant that I can bless? And I would notice a couple, and they, you know, you can see when there's vibes. There's something, but something's not happening, you know? And I'd call the waiter over and say, listen, bring me their bill. And I would pay their bill for them. And just write on the back of the slip saying, hey, I just saw you, just praying for you. I hope that you'd come to know Jesus. You know, God bless. That's all. No name, no luck. doesn't have to be fancy and, and big and a spectacle. It can just be an act of kindness because you and I don't know how one word of encouragement, one act of love can transform and impact someone's life. When you and I are taking moments to pray for people, I remember doing this um, just in my, in my quiet time. God would give me a scripture, just like he did to Machil and to Seth. Feeling, Lord, who can I share this with today to encourage them? Maybe there's a message that you receive on your social media feed that you're going through, and you're like, wow, this is a great thing. Let me share that with someone. Perhaps there's someone that you can be praying for right now, because many of us, I can tell you, I'm in the kingdom of God because I've had some people praying for me. Can you and I be intentional with the influence God has entrusted to us? Can we be intentional with that? Today you're going to be receiving a little light bulb with a card attached to it. The quote that we've been sharing, I've been sharing with you is on it. You'll receive it as you walk out the door today. But this would be, a, I'm trusting a reminder for you and I that God has called us to be salt and light in this world. But also another reminder that we should be trusting God for those who are far from God to bring them in. Middle of last year we put up that Jesus equals life board 
you'll notice that some, lots of bulbs have been added. Some of you that were here last week, you're like, wait a minute, he said lots more. Like the equal sign is full already. You know how that happens. On Friday night, we preached, I preached at the youth, and 14 young people committed their lives to Christ. And we added light bulbs for them. And this morning, I'm trusting that many of you sitting here would be able to add a light bulb for yourself as a reminder saying, I am someone that was far from God. Our, our vision statement as a church, so that people who are far from God may become the light of Christ. And in this year, I'm trusting that we would be salt and light in this world. And I want to take a moment to pray with us for those who are far from God. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your presence here. And I pray, Father, for every follower of Christ. Friends, as you're there, I want you to bring to remembrance those people that you know, that you interact with on a daily basis that you encounter, that you take a moment right now to pray for them. Father, I pray for these people. You know them by name, Lord Jesus. You know their story. And I pray for these influencers, these harvesters, the laborers that will be sent out today, Lord, that they would be fruitful and anointed and able to express your love and your grace as they lead others into your kingdom. Just as every eye is closed, I'm, I want to ask you, those of you that are here today, as I was sharing, you, you were feeling that you're, you're thirsty for this living water that Jesus is talking about. And today I want to invite you to give your life to Christ, saying that he's going to become the Lord of your life. You, you're turning your back on your sins. You're, you're not going to walk in your old ways, but you're going to now become a follower of Jesus. You want your light no longer to be out, but to begin to shine. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.